Hello, my name is Fat and welcome to Glasgow Subway Journeys from SPT. In this episode, I'll be chatting with past subway worker Ruth Mather, who holds a very special record, and commuter Maureen Turner from Cowcaddens. I want to hear their experiences and find out why the subway is so special to them. First of all, I caught up with Maureen. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Well, thank you very much for having me round at your lovely home. It's, it's, it's wonderful to, to be chatting to you today and I'm excited to hear all of the stories you've got to tell. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I, I guess we'll, we'll start off by saying you're 86, but talk to me about what life was like. I lived beside the cow cadence and uh, the school was just up the road from it and I lived round the corner. So that was the area that I was brought up in and, uh, well, lived my life in. My mother taking me places and we'd go on the subway and uh, we'd go to like Kelvin Grove Park, the the big museum up there. And yeah, very happy times. And that's when, that's where we went. With my father, he had family in Cessnock, so we used, again, the subway. We used to use it quite a lot, actually, uh, with his, uh, my father's family, and we'd go and visit aunts and uncles, and I had a grandmother that had a house up there as well. So they were, they were happy times, they were. So you grew up in Glasgow. We're an East School Bride today. That's right. Um, but w- when you were using the Glasgow subway, was it, a big part of your life. We'd go to the park, Kelvin Grove. Of course, we took the subway. We lived in Cowcadden. So that was the main place. You, Wherever you stayed and the subway was there, that was your your place, right? Absolutely. To, we did a lot, actually. And um, living in the Cowcaddens, it was a great shopping area. And, you know, people were great. And a lot of parties when I was young as well, When <laughs> after the war. <laughs> and how late did the subways go on then? Could you get a, a subway back home after a party? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, they operated to maybe 11, right? Many happy times we did. Talk me through, uh, you know, what the subway was like then, because it's changed a lot since you probably used it. It was uh, the wooden seats. You know, it wasn't as comfortable as what they are now, right? And uh, they were great little, well, we'd, we'd say the subway, the little trains, well, they went round in a circle, right, which was uh, great. And for quickness, you, you seem to get there quicker than the, the trams. What was it that people really liked about the subway? Yeah, well, it was different and it was quick. It was to go, to go anywhere, it was quick. Probably that's what it was. And uh, yeah, and it was a like an outing when you were a child. It was an outing and you were excited about it. And uh, I had a cousin and we used to, st- when we'd go anywhere on the subway, it was a smell, there was a smell. And do you know this? Her and I would stand there and we'd say, that's a great smell. <laughs> Well, you, I don't know why. Well, you know, it's funny because you, you've you heard of the Glasgow Transport Museum. Yes. So I we were talking to a curator from that museum who was trying to replicate that smell in the Glasgow Transport Museum. Really? Aye. They, they even got a, a, a big smelling machine. Really? Genuinely, aye. Yeah. Aye, but they, could, they couldn't They couldn't. They couldn't get it. that. But how, how would you describe that smell, Maureen? Oh, it was... Um, yeah, it was good. 
Louise and I, we used to say, that's a great smell. <laughs> but it's like a kind of moist, dusty thing, isn't it? Yes. Uh, it doesn't but, sound very appealing, Maureen, uh, does it? But it well, is good. you wouldn't think that, but yeah. And a lot of the kids liked that. They would stand and smell as well. That's it. Well, it's this yeah. kind of warm, unique smell. Uh, it's one of those things where sometimes one smell can bring back all sorts of memories. So yes. I wish I had that big smelling machine with me in your oh. living room right now. <laughs> That would have been good. I don't know how, how, how everyone else would feel about that, though. No, true enough, true enough. So talk to me about some of the stops that you that you stopped at when you were using the Glasgow subway and what that kind of reminds you of, those particular parts of Glasgow. Kelvin Grove, uh, that was always a lovely, it was a park because you got running around, you know, and grass. Would, would you get off at Kelvin Bridge? Kelvin Bridge. So that's my stop. All oh, right. I, it's one of my huh? favourites, but it's changed a lot since I saw some pictures. It used to be inside a tenement building, is that right? Um, the entrance in. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, oh, there was a lot of lovely tenements in Glasgow. And uh, I left Glasgow in the 60s to emigrate to America and we came back I in 71. I emigrate to East School Bride. I thought that's <laughs> quite a strong word to use for emigrate. Yeah, well, we left and we went to America and it took us 11 years to get back. And when we came back, it had all changed completely. Really? Yeah, it had all changed. Uh, the cow cadens, uh, they'd taken down all the lovely buildings and the swing, you know, the parks for swings in it, Phoenix Park that I used to go to as a child and everything was gone. So you must have been away during that period of time when they built Charing Cross and the the M8 and that kind of tore through the heart of Glasgow, didn't it? And So talk to me about the difference that you saw and that you noticed. What changed about Glasgow? It just changed completely. It did from when I was born and brought up, right? Everything had changed. It wasn't the same because the people, they were taking the people out the heart of Glasgow and out to schemes like Gathamlick, Rockhazy, and all those, Drumchapel. And it it just wasn't the same. And they were taking down lovely buildings that they really shouldn't have taken down, beautiful red sandstone. I lived in a red sandstone building in Portendas. It was next to the Sunday Post office. It was the paper, the Sunday Post. And... It's, it just, they took everything down. And when I did come back and walked up that street, it was just, just so different. It, it must have been heartbreaking, you know, because I've seen was. the before and after pictures and I and I get really upset about things like this. Oh. You know, when you see a, a yeah. beautiful building that no longer exists because exactly. somebody decided to take it down. That's right. That's an awful thing. I can understand if, you know, yeah. natural disaster or something uh, like that. That's but someone, right. Someone in an office chose to, to demolish chunks of Glasgow's neighbourhoods. That's right. And that must have had an impact on how the Glasgow subway was used because mm-hmm. obviously lots of those stops were in those neighbourhoods right. that got torn down. Uh, so exactly. was that one of the, was, was that what Cowcaddens was like then? Yes. Uh, uh, they, they tore that down. It's completely different. Uh, and where the subway was... I couldn't believe it. I felt they put it on the other side of the road. It was on one side that I remember as a child, right? And growing up and going to school and uh, passing it and everything. My husband as well, he went to a school right beside it. It was called the normal school. And 
the normal school is still there. Mind you, we were surprised at that. But everything, uh, they took the heart out of Glasgow, took the people out of Glasgow and took down lovely buildings, which was a shame. But then progress, wasn't it? Well, it was it because mm. actually oh. we know that a lot of the housing estates that were built just outside of Glasgow, they, they people thought they were going to be quite progressive, but then they didn't have it any didn't. amenities. They didn't have any services. Right. It was just houses. There it wasn't was a library. Houses. It wasn't somewhere for people to congregate. So exactly. that's what caused a lot of problems. Yeah, and you know, right. it is a shame actually when you see those before and after pictures of Glasgow. Oh. I was going to say though, Maureen, mm. um, I'm often turning up to the subway thinking I thought it was on the other side of the street but yeah. usually it's because I've had a couple of drinks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm sure that they've definitely moved it. I was quite confused with it, right? And I thought, oh, I thought it was on the other side, uh, the Cowcaddens uh, station. Uh, and they, they had so much, you know, picture halls and um, theatres and everything. It, it was so exciting. It, it, was a, it was just a great place to be. Born and brought up in. So talk to me about what Centenic subway stop used to look like back in the day because you know where Centenic shopping centre is? Yeah. That used to be something altogether different. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, there was a, a train station there, a big train station where you could uh, go, well, the people of Glasgow in July, it closed down and everybody went on holiday, right? And that was the station that we, everybody left to go on holiday. Really? Uh, right. What is that for the Glasgow Fair? Uh, well, that was in July, uh, where every, it closed down for two weeks. And uh, you would get the train from there. And uh, yeah, good memories of that as well. I was very... Uh, uh, it was a lovely little station, actually. It's quite, uh, it's quite the, a grand, big building, wasn't it? Mm, uh, well, the it was Lewis's. It was called Lewis's at one time. And it was one shop, it was a great shopping, but then they broke it all up and uh, it's all different shops in it now. So now you moved to America for 11 years, you said. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about what your time there was like. Where did you go? Mm, well, we went to New Jersey and um, my husband really didn't like it. I did because I had all my family with me, my aunts and uncles. They had all emigrated, my mother and uh, my husband didn't have it. His family had just stayed in Glasgow. And, uh, no, he wasn't, he, he was homesick. And I was homesick for Glasgow too, And but it took us 11 years to come back. Went with two children, came back before. <laughs> <laughs> They, they loved it, yeah. They, my sons, they loved Glasgow. They did. And how did it compare to Glasgow then in terms of how you got about the city? Uh, well, um, they didn't really have uh, the transport in America, except for New York, of course. There's plenty. But uh, it wasn't like Glasgow. You know, of course, there was no tram cars or no buses or it, it was just different, yeah, and I think that's what we missed because Glasgow, they had so many things you could get to places quick, 
quickly, right? Using the underground, using the trains, the tram cars, and then after the tram cars, it was the buses, right, in the 1960s. And then what was it like when you came back to Glasgow then? What was the first thing that you did? Yeah, well, uh, Glasgow, we went into Glasgow, and it was a different Glasgow. (laughs) Mm, We came back in 1971. So that would have been just before the modernisation of the Glasgow subway, because that happened at the the end of the 70s, and that's when it it became uh, the well, it, not that it became the Clockwork Orange, but that's when everyone started calling it that. It, beca- it, nick- it was nicknamed the Clockwork Orange. And uh, yes, that's right. It, it, was. it was very kind of, um, mm. you know, that kind of cool 70s yeah, the look. Cool, yeah, cool, yeah, I remember. And uh, to this day, it kind of still looks like that. Uh, now, next year, it's modernising all over again. Is it really? Absolutely, oh. which is why we're doing this oh. interview series. Oh, that would be and, good. And it's going to be an absolutely incredible fleet of driverless trains. Really? Imagine that. It's going to be really, really cool because on either oh. end of the carriage, it's just going to be top to bottom glass. So you'll be able to see the tunnels oh. as you're going around. Really? Yes. Oh, we'll have to get. We'll, we'll have to get. So let's talk about Cessnock. Uh, yeah. Cessnock stop is, uh, is something that means a lot to you. Yes, it was. As a child, I was taken there. I would say from I was maybe 10 years old after my father came back, he was in the army, like all my aunts, they, the whole family were in, the ones that were all single, they were in the army. And my father, when he came back, his family had moved to Cessnock. So, of course, we went, that's where we'd get off at Cessnock to visit them. So today when you're on the Glasgow subway, usually people tend to sit across from one another and avoid eye contact. And they just look up and and read all the adverts for f- 15 times. Yeah, that's right. Did that happen back in the day as well? It did. Did it? <laughs> So you had adverts on on the subway then as well. Yeah, well, it would uh, you'd look at the thing telling you where you're going to stop off at all the places you're going to stop off, and yeah, you would just sit or if you if you were with family, you'd just be talking to them. You would. Laurie, <laughs> lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much for having me around in your wonderful home, and I hope that you get to visit Glasgow very I soon. Definitely will. And hop yep. onto the subway. I will. We'll definitely do that, won't we? Hop off at Kelvin Bridge and we'll grab a coffee there. Good. Yeah, that's what we'll do, Fats. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it very much talking to you. Oh, thank you again, Maureen. Loved her stories. Next, I want to catch up with Ruth Mather. Ruth worked on the subway for many years and holds a very special record. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So today, before... (laughs) Uh, before you turned up for this uh, chat, I was told that I was going to be talking to a, a 90-year-old woman. So where is she? <laughs> Can't be you, surely. No way. I'm 91 in March. You look sensational, Ruth. <laughs> You've got a really, really interesting career, don't you? You were a bus driver, then you drove... the trams. The trams, and then the Glasgow subway. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that and how it all began just wanted to do things like that. I had to wait till I was 18 before I could go driving. And I was on the trams, conductors. Uh-huh. And then I was driving the trams and then I went in the buses as a conductor. And then I was driving the buses. And that's just what I've been doing. Well, you must have a whole load of stories to tell us. And I, I want to hear every <laughs> single one to, of them. I've got to tell you. Oh, I want to hear them all. <laughs> no, but first of all, though, let's let's... 
talk about the 70s because that's when the modernisation of the Glasgow subway last happened, actually. Uh-huh. And you were there when it kind of was all happening. So yes. talk to me about that. What do you remember? I remember to, uh, I had to take the locomotive down the tunnel with the men in at the workman and stay there all day with dungarees and a hard hat on, rats running about and things like that. And uh, that's what, that was what I did. I used to do double shifts to make extra money. Aye. You, you, you must have been rolling in the cash. Oh, great. Aye. Aye. <laughs> Buying your own uh, personalised hard hats by the, by the end of the week. <laughs> it was good working with all the men. No, no, no females fighting and arguing with you, just the men. Right. So talk to me about what the atmosphere was like then. Was yeah. it all, all sorts of banter? No, well, they're too busy working, but you just went down with a locomotive and took them round and let them do what they're to do and sit there. So what was it they actually needed to do? Build the tunnels. Right. There was nothing, there was no lights or nothing down there. So, but was that a dangerous job though? No. It wasn't? Because there was no electricity then, that's what they did. And that, that gives me the fear now, Ruth. That's how they were doing it. They were putting in the electrics for the, the trains and the, that's what I had to do, take the men down to do it. And how long did you do that for? Well, a couple of years. Yeah. Took a while to get right down to whole 15 stations. How did you become a train driver then? Because, because I can see how you would... I was driving the locomotive and then they asked me if I wanted to be a train driver, so I became the first woman train driver in Britain. <laughs> the first woman train driver in and Britain? In the underground, yes. See, that is absolutely incredible. Nobody else wanted it. And, and did you realise you were the first woman train uh, driver? Uh, because nobody else, none of the other girls would take it. They didn't want to get around. And, uh. What kind of job is it? I mean, is it is it... A chatty job? Have you got someone sat next to you? Or are you, are no, you no, by yourself? No, yourself. Yourself in the cabin. So does that mean you're somebody who likes to be on her own? And You can talk to the passengers when they're going off if, out, the, out your window. Aye. Things like that if you want. And then you're in the stations and you get your breaks and you things like that. So when it first launched, you were given um, a, a pretty special present, weren't you, by uh, someone that everybody knows? What? Oh, go on, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Ah, you do. It's in front of you. The puzzle. Oh, the puzzle. Aye. <laughs> oh, the queen. Oh, the queen gave me that when she opened it. Aye, the queen did. Yeah. Yes. So, t- tell me about that. She just handed me it. She just said, "Yeah, that's for you." I don't know whether they they got it made special or not because I've never ever seen one. So, what was the situation? Was she just getting off at Cessna Core? No, we just took her from Buchanan Street to St. Enoch's and she got off at St. Enoch's. Right, and she was there for the inauguration, the, the, the opening ceremony. Yes. Right. So that must have been a really special day then. It was. And what's what's the puzzle like? Talk to me about that. It's a, a, the underground, it's a puzzle of the underground, all the trains and that. Wow. So the box is actually really, really interesting. Can I have a wee look at it? <laughs> Thank you, Ruth. So it's got a, a really cool uh, cover with all sorts of different pictures of the subway trains. Mm. So are these old pictures of the subway trains yeah. or are these pretty modern uh, ones? Some of them are old and some of the, the new ones are the orange ones. <laughs> so that is a genuinely cool gift that you have kept yes, to this day. I got from the Queen. From the Queen. And you've got all sorts of other stuff on the table mm. as well. So I'm looking at a picture right now. This is... Uh, from the voice of the Times. Now, imagine this is from the Evening Times. Would that yes. be right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's a picture of your lovely self. <laughs> and you are... So th- th- this is a picture of the, the Glasgow subway, but it's outside. So talk to me, where, where would that be in Glasgow? Well, we take them out at night. They come up. Do out. they all come oh, out? Oh, they all come up when they go into the garage at night. Right. You bring them up. A brand new subway system. People must have been quite excited to use it. I think so. It was good. Was it busy? Always busy. Yes, Always busy? Really busy. And what were your shifts like? 
Oh, you did an eight-hour shift. I used to do two shifts, do one shift, then go home, get my dinner and come back and do another one, just to make money. You were the first woman driver of the Glasgow subway. Did more women then get into the job uh, afterwards? No, no. and they weren't really anxious about it, no. They were all selling tickets upstairs. I think they were frightened to get down the tunnels, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't frightened. <laughs> so what was the system like when it first got modernised? How different was it to the previous subway that you would have used when you were really a kid? modern. It was nice and modern and clean. Yeah. It's still the same. It just looks the same. It's brilliant. Isn't it? Worked, isn't it worked in it, It only takes about 24 minutes or something to get right round the whole circle. The whole thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Glasgow subway today? Are you yeah. proud of it? It's marvellous. Aye. It's great how they did it. Well, Ruth, it has been an absolute delight to oh, talk to you. I'm glad you had a laugh. <laughs> I had a very, very good laugh. <laughs> Thank you so much to Ruth, the first female train driver in Britain, and what a character. In the next episode, I'm going to be getting a flavour of working life in the subway today by chatting to some of the staff, and I'm going to be heading to the platforms to hear directly from the passengers too. For more info, check out spt.co.uk and search for Glasgow Subway on the socials. Until next time, goodbye.